Okay, so today we are starting Srimad Bhagavatam, the dynasty of Kusa. He is the son of Lord Ramchandra. Last week we had done <coughs> about uh, Sri Ram and how his wife is sent to the jungles and he's got children till that point. Now we are going to see what happens after that. So let us begin. This is chapter 12 from Canto 9. It's called the dynasty of Kusa. Sukhdev Goswami said, the son of Ramchandra was Kusa. The way it is mentioned, it is it is love Kush. The way we say it in Hindi, it would be Kush. But the way it is put over here is called Kusa. Alright, was Atiti. The son of Kusa was Atiti. The son of Atiti was Nisada. And the son of Nisada was Nabha. The son of Nabha was Porandika. And from Porandika came a son named Keshava Dhanwa. So the son of Keshav Dhanva was Devanika. Devanika's son was Aniha. Aniha's son was Pariyatra. And Pariyatra's son was Balasthala. The son of Balasthala was Vajranabha, who is said to have been born from the effulgence of the sun god. The son of Vajranabha was Sagana. And the son of Vidhirti. And his son was Vidhirti. The son of Vidhirti was Hiranyanabha, who became the disciple of Jaimini and became a great Acharya of mystic yoga. Gemini is an Acharya, he is a great saint for that matter. It is from Hiranyanabha that a great saint, Yajnavalka, learned the highly elevated system of mystic yoga known as Adhyatma Yoga, which can loosen the knots of material attachment in the heart. Adhyatma Yoga is spiritual yoga, which can loosen the knots means it is supposed to It is supposed to give you liberation. <clears throat> the son of Hiranyanabha was Pushpa and the son of Pushpa was Dhruvasandhi. The son, the son of Dhruvasandhi was Sudarshana whose son was Agnivarna. The son of Agnivarna was named Sighara and, the son was, and his son was Maru. Having achieved perfection in the power of mystic yoga, Maru still lived in a place known as Kalpagrama. At the end of Kali Yuga, he will revive the son, the lost Surya dynasty, by begetting a son. So, just when Sri Ram's uh, reign ended, at that point in time, the second Yuga had ended. The second Yuga is connected to Treta. Then came Dwapara. So, all these things have happened in the Dwapara Yuga. At the end of the life of Sri Krishna, which is the next avatar of Vishnu. At that point in time, the beginning of Kali Yuga has happened. So, from Maru was born a son named Prashusruta. And from Prashusruta came Sandhi. From Sandhi came Amarsana. And from Amarsana, a, same name, a son named Mahaswan. From Mahaswan, Vishwabahu took his birth. From Vishwabahu came a son named Prasanjit, and from Prasanjit came Takshaka, and from Takshaka came Brahadbala, who was killed in the fight by your father. All these kings in the dynasty of Ishwaku have passed away. Now please listen as I describe the king who will be born in the future. From Brahadbala will come Brahadrana. The son of Brahadrana will be Uryakriya, Urukriya, who will have a son named 
Vasavradha. Vasavradha will have a son named Prativyoma and Prativyoma will have a same son named Bhanu and from Divaka, from whom Divaka, a great commander of soldiers, will take birth. So we are doing a lineage study just now. Thereafter from Divaka will come a son named Sahadev and from Sahadev a great hero named Brahadswa. From Brahadswa will come Bhanuman and from Bhanuman will come Pratikaswa. The, Prati, the son of Pratikaswa will be Supratika. Thereafter from Supratika will come Marudeva and from Marudeva Sunakshatra. From Sunakshatra Pushkara and from Pushkara Antariksha. The son of Antariksha will be Sudupa and his son will be Amrit, Amitra, Amitrajit. From Amitrajit will come a son named Brahadraja. From Brahadraja will come Barhi. From Barhi will come, will come Kratanjaya. From son of Kratanjaya will be known as Rananjaya and from him will come a son named Sanjaya. From Sanjaya will come Sakya. From Sakya will come Shuddhodana and from Shuddhodana will come Langala. From Langala will come Prasanjit and from Prasanjit you will get Shudraraka. From Shudraraka will come Ranaka. From Ranaka will come Suratha and from Suratha will come Sumitra. Ending the dynasty. This is a description of the dynasty of Brahadbala. The last king in the dynasty of Ishwaku will be Sumitra. After Sumitra there will be no more sons in the dynasty of the sun god. And thus the dynasty will end. So we have come to the end of the chapter. It was all about the lineage study. From one to the end of the other. That is from Sri Ram. Then his son. Okay, His son was Kush. That is love Kush, Kush. From Kush right up to the last one. That was, that is called Sumitra. This entire chapter has ended. So we start chapter 13, which is called the dynasty of Maharaj Nimi. Srila Sukhdev Goswami said, after beginning sacrifices, Maharaj Nimi, the son of Ishwaku, requested the great sage Vashishta to take the post of the chief priest. At that time, Vashishta replied, My dear Maharaj Nimi, I have already accepted the same post in the sacrifice begun by Lord Indra. Now in this line you are getting an understanding that Vashishta Muni is a continuum, is ad continuum. That means he is there from one generation to another, to another, to another. So where does this end? Where does this great lineage of even Vashishta Muni end? There is no lineage of Vashishta Muni which is going to end. What happens over here is Vashishta Muni continues. And it is nothing but what we call as the divine knowledge. The divine knowledge has to continue also the knowledge which is meant for the purpose of going ahead in time. I shall return here after finishing the Yajna from Indra. Kindly wait for me until then. Maharaj Nimi remained silent and Vashishta began to perform the sacrifice for Lord Indra. Maharaj Nimi being a self-realized soul considered that his life is flickering. Therefore, Instead of waiting long for Vashishta, he began performing the sacrifice with other priests. After completing the sacrificial performance for King Indra, the spiritual master Vashishta returned and found that his disciple, Maharaj Rimi, had disobeyed his instructions. Thus Vashishta cursed him, saying, May the material body of Nimi, 
who considers himself learned immediately fall so there is a very twisted line over here what does he say vashishta muni is saying some words he says may the material body of nimi who considers himself learned immediately fall now why is this body so important see without the body you cannot have the being existing in this world so if the divine consciousness needs to exist in this world it needs a body and body is fallible body has a problem body gets destroyed body has an issue like death it has issues like diseases it has issues like every kind of issue that is there even a common cold can be there so if you are thinking in terms of shri krishna or shri ram or for that matter even nimi all of them are going to have their issues connected to the body the body is a vehicle see think about it like this like you are going from your house to your office you need a vehicle you need a taxi a bus a train or some such sort of a vehicle the vehicle is important for you to reach from one destination to another but the moment you reach that destination the vehicle has no value but without the vehicle you cannot go from one place to another so the vehicle is extremely important for every person so we should always give credit to our body don't discredit it don't say that the body is useless don't say that the body is worthless piece of junk no the body is equally important because it serves a purpose and the purpose is important so whether it is shri ram or shri krishna or for that matter even a kurma or a fish avatar you know whichever avatar that person is that the lord has taken that avatar will have its limitations it will definitely have what is called as a limitations it will have its tendencies it will have its problems it is going to have everything but the body has to be used for the purpose of reaching the divine whoever is there in this world whether it is you me or for that matter anybody for unnecessarily cursing him when he had committed no offense maharaj nimi can counter cursed his spiritual master for the sake of getting contributions from the king of heaven he said you have lost your religious intelligence therefore i pronounce this curse your body will also fall so nimi in turn who is also a realized being he also curses his own master ah uh, this is not a done thing but he has done after saying this maharaj nimi who was expert in the science of spiritual knowledge gave up his body vashishta the great grandfather gave up his body also but through the cement discharged by mitra and varuna when they saw urvashi he was born again remember vashishta muni is knowledge incarnate he has to he has to give knowledge to the material world so every time he has to be there whether you like it or not the birth is always going to happen is less the same thing like the birth of narada narada is knowledge it's called the spiritual knowledge narad is nothing but what we call as bhakti okay now bhakti has to be there in this world so bhakti bhakti is something that is extremely important that the knowledge which transcends material world which takes you towards the divine is the spiritual or the divine knowledge and divine knowledge of bhakti marg is there in narada so narada continues to be there on this planet earth similarly you will find that there are various other avatars or rishis 
who are always going to be around. So remember that. So we have Vashishta Muni being born once again. During the performance of the Yajna, the body relinquished by Maharaj Nimi was preserved in a fragrant substance. And at the end of the Satra Yoga, the great saints and the Brahmanas made the following request to all demigods assembled there. If you are satisfied with the sacrifice and you are actually able to do so, kindly bring Maharaj Nimi back to life. In this body, the demigod said yes to this request by the sages, but Maharaj Nimi said, Please do not imprison me again in the material body. That is what I was telling you. You, when you go from one place to the other, you are say sitting in a bus, you do not carry the bus into your office. Neither do you carry the car into your office. That is not possible. It is reaching from one place to the other. So you just have to be there in... So the self, what we call as a divine being, uses the body for the purpose of reaching from one place to the other, for getting knowledge or whatever. Once the journey is over, then everything is finished. Then you can be without the body. Alright? So Maharaj Nimi continued, Mayavadis generally want freedom from accepting a material body because they fear having to give it up again. But devotees whose intelligence is always filled with the service of the Lord are unafraid. Indeed, they take advantage of the body to render transcendental loving service. This is one verse which has a lot of significance for those who are the devotees of Krishna. See, Krishna keeps on taking bodies again and again and again and again and again. He keeps on coming again and again. Now, Mayavadis are Buddhist and other people who do not believe in God per se. They are called as atheists or those who believe in different kinds of, you know, polyatheism or whatever, different kinds of religion or non-religion for that matter. Now, these people do not believe that there is something which is called God. For them, they want to get rid of the body and they want to get liberated. They just don't want anything to do with this material world. People say, you know, in life, I have also heard people who will say, you know, I don't want this life. I hate this life. Can I get out of this? Can I go away somewhere? So, every time my answer to them is simply this. You are free to go. You can become a Mayavadi. I don't care. If you want to become an atheist, you are free to do that as well. If you don't want this body and if you just want to chuck it away also, you can do that. But importance is there of the body. And importance is there of being with Krishna. Only those who love Krishna the highest. They are the only ones who are there with Krishna. And when Krishna takes birth, they also take birth and they also come along with him. So, I will read this line again. You will understand this. Maharaj Nimi continued. Mayavadis generally want freedom. Mayavadis are Buddhist and other kind of people. Or those who are atheists. They want freedom from accepting a material body. They don't want this body. Okay. Because they fear give, to having give, give it up again. But devotees whose intelligence is always filled with the service of the Lord. Service of the Lord. Seva Bhavana. Those who are with Krishna, they only have Seva Bhavana. If Krishna is born in a gutter, they will also go in the gutter, sir. If Krishna is born as a pig, they will also be born as a pig. If Krishna is born in Mathura, they will be born somewhere close by. You should know this. So if Krishna is there, then only they want to be there with him. 
but those who keep on saying i don't want to be living in this world i don't want to be here i don't want to be there i want to just give up my life i want to go somewhere i want to go to the himalayas i don't know i want to go here and there and somewhere they are not with krishna anymore i'm sorry krishna comes that his entire coterie comes and what he instructs them to do they are supposed to do that's it there are no options otherwise you can take a hike and you can go and uh, become a mayavadi for all he cares in his world he says you know you can follow the path of buddha or you can follow any other path that you want you are free to do so so but devotees whose intelligence is always filled with the service of the lord are unafraid they are unafraid of taking a body again and again and again they will take up a body they are not afraid for that indeed they take advantage of the body to render transcendental loving service the only reason why they take up the body is so that they can perform service to the lord you know the service to the lord you will find one of the greatest examples is narada the greatest examples is hanuman they are the greatest souls on this planet earth why because narada comes to spread the word of the lord take the case of you know when when you keep on thinking of the different different avatars which he might have taken let us say an avatar of das ganu das ganu was a person who used to keep on singing beautiful poetry for sai baba so that's an avatar so you will find that there are many avatars like this which these people take and they are there in that body so that they can do what they have come to do for that divine that is why he says to render transcendental loving service it's a loving service it is not with hatred it is not with anger you don't do service with this kind of things you do service because it has to be served you don't do it with anger so service performing seva is very very important i do not wish to accept a material body who is saying these words nimi is saying for such a body is the source of all distress lamentation and fear everywhere in the universe just as it is for the fish in the water which lives always in anxiety because of fear of death so nimi is saying these words the demigod said let maharaj nimi live without a material body let him live in a spiritual body as a personal associate of the supreme lord or personality of godhead and according to his desire let him be manifest or unmanifest to common material embodied people thereafter to save people from the danger of unregulated government the sages churned maharaj nimi's material body from which as a result a son was born so from nimi came a son now nimi's nimi's body that's what we are talking about because he was born in an unusual way the son was called janaka and because he was born from the dead body of his father he was known as vaideha what vaideha now you know where janaka comes from because he was born from the churning of his father's material body he was known as mithila and because he constructed a city of king mithila the city is called mithila so now i hope you will know this nimi who is coming from the ishwaku dynasty he dies because of a curse of his guru he doesn't want a body so all the gods they give him a spiritual body and that spiritual body is then 
suspended in animation the physical body of nimi is then converted into another physical body of nimi which is king janaka now king janaka is that great person who is going to give us a very beautiful gita it's called ashtavakra gita and king janaka is also the person who becomes a part of my guru's lore by giving instructions to ashtavakra so we'll continue o king parikshit from mithila came a son named udvasu and from udvasu nandivardhana from nandivardhana suketu and from suketu it is devrata from devrata came a son named brahadrata and from brahadrata a son named mahavirya who became the father of sudharti the son of sudharti is known as drishtaketu and from drishtaketu came haryashwa from haryashwa came a son named maru the son of maru was pratipaka and the son of pratipaka was kratharata they are very difficult names no from kratharata came devamida from devamida vishruta and from vishruta madharthi from madharthi was born a son named kratharata from kratharata was son, was born maharoma from maharoma came a son named swarnaroma and from swarnaroma came rashva rashva roma from rashva roma came a son named shiradhvaja from shiradhvaja was plowing a field from the front of his plow that is shira appeared a daughter named sita devi who later became the wife of lord ramchandra thus he was known as shiradhvaja the son of shiradhvaja was kusadhvaja and from the son of kusadhvaja was king dharmadhvaja dhvaja and from the two sons named kratadhvaja and mitadhvaja maharaj parikshit the son of kratadhvaja was keshidhvaja and from the son of mitadhvaja was khandika the son of kratadhvaja was an expert in spiritual knowledge and the son of mitadhvaja was expert in vedic ritualistic ceremonies khandikya fled in fear of keshidhvaja and the son of keshidhvaja was bhanuman and the son of bhanuman was satyadhumna the son of satyadhumna was named suchi from suchi sanadhvaja was born and from sanadhvaja came a son named urjaketu the son of urjaketu was aja and the son of aja was purujit the son of purujit was arishtanemi and his son was shrutatayo shrutatayo begot a son named suparvaksha suparshwaka suparshwaka bought chitraratha the son of chitraratha was shemadhi who became the king of mithila the son of shemadhi was samartha and his son was satyaratha the son of satyaratha was upaguru and the son of upaguru was upagupta a partial expansion of the fire god the son of upagupta was vasavanatha the son of vasavananta was yuyudha yuyudha the son of yuyudha was subhasana the son of subhasana was shruta the son of shruta was jaya from whom came vijaya the son of vijaya was rita the son of rita was sunaka the son of sunaka was with vitahavya the son of vitahavya was driti the son of driti was bahulaswa the son of bahulaswa was kriti and the son was mahavasi Suk- sukdev goswami said my dear king parikshit all the kings of the dynasty of mithila are completely in knowledge of their spiritual identity so basically everybody knows who they are and what they are therefore 
even though staying at home, they were liberated from the duality of material existence. Staying at home, what does it mean? Staying at home means you don't go out to seek liberation. Liberation is never got by going out somewhere. You don't go to the Himalayas or you don't go to some places where you think, you know, that there is liberation over there. There is no such place like, you know, you go to Gomukha and you find, okay, one stone called liberation and you bring it with you. There is nothing like that. So you have to know this, that there is no place called liberation anywhere. So, it is the lineage which is liberated. Lineage. Sukhdeva Goswami said, my dear King Parikshit, all the kings of the dynasty of Mithila was completely in knowledge of their spiritual identity. Therefore, even though staying at home, they were liberated from the duality of material existence. So, we have come to the end of this chapter, which is again chapter 13. Again, we have done a very tiny part of this. So, now we will continue with chapter 14. Now, starts a story, which is... Again, uh, we will try to finish his as for as we can during today's day. Because the next story is very interesting from my point of view. Maybe not from your point of view, but maybe from my point of view, it's very interesting. So we are doing chapter 14. It's called King Pururava Enchanted by Urvashi. Now, this is Canto 9, chapter 14. Pururava, he is enchanted by Urvashi. Urvashi is the celestial nymph, by the way. Srila Sukhdev Goswami said to Maharaj Parikshit, O King, thus far you have heard the description of the dynasty of the sun god. Now hear the most glorious and the purifying description of the dynasty of the moon god. The description mentioned King like Aila, that is Pururava, to whom it is glorious to hear. Lord Vishnu, that is Garbhaktakshaya Vishnu, is also known as Sahasra Shirha Purusha. Sahasra Shirha is? Thousand, thousand headed. From the lake of his from the lake of his navel sprang a lotus on which Lord Brahma was generated. Atri, the son of Lord Brahma, was qualified as his father. From Atri's tears of jubilation was a bo- was born a son named Soma. We are going to a story. Soma is the third portion of Dattatraya, by the way. The moon was full of soothing rays. Lord Brahma appointed him as the director of the Brahmanas, drugs and luminaires. After conquering the three worlds, that is the upper, middle and the lower planetary system, Soma, the moon god, performed a great sacrifice known as Rajasuya Yagya. Because he was very much puffed up, he forcibly kidnapped Brahaspati's wife whose name was Tara although requested again and again by Brahaspati the spiritual master of the demigods Soma did not return Tara Soma is the moon Tara is stars this is due to his false pride consequently a fight ended between the demigods and the demons because of enmity between Brahaspati and Shukra Shukra took the side of the moon god. Shukra is the celestial master of all the demons. He is the guru. Shukracharya. And was joined by the demons. But Lord Shiva, because of the affection for the son of the spiritual master, joined the side of Brahaspati 
and was accompanied by all the ghosts and the goblins. King Indra, accompanied by all kinds of demigods, joined the side of Barhaspati. Thus there was a great fight, destroying both demons and demigods, only for the sake of Tara, that is Brahaspati's wife. Now can you imagine for one woman, the entire gods, the demigods and all the demons are destroyed. When Lord Brahma was fully informed by Angira about the entire incident, he severely chastised this moon god Soma. Thus Lord Brahma delivered Tara to her husband, who could then understand that she was pregnant. Brahaspati said, You foolish woman, your womb which was meant for me to impregnate has been impregnated by someone other than me. Immediately deliver your child, immediately deliver it. Be assured that after the child is delivered, I shall not burn you to ashes. I know that although you are unchaste, you want a son, therefore I shall not punish you. Sukhdev Goswami continued, By Brahaspati's order, Tara, who was very much ashamed, immediately gave birth to the child, was very beautiful. With a golden hue, bodily hue, both Brahaspati and the moon god Soma desired the beautiful child. Fighting again broke out between Brahaspati and the moon god. Now whose child is it? So <laughs> there is a fight again. Don't you see that this is exactly how things happen? Okay. This is my child, not yours, the boats claimed. All the saints and the demigods present asked Tara whose child the newborn baby actually was. But because she was ashamed, she could not immediately answer. The child then became very angry and demanded that his mother immediately tell the truth. You unchaste woman, he said, what is the use of your unnecessary shame? Why do you not admit your fault? Immediately tell me about your faulty behavior. Lord Brahma then brought Tara to a secluded place and after pacifying her, he asked to whom the child actually belonged. She replied very slowly, This is the son of Soma, the moon god. Then the moon god immediately took the child. Maharaj Parikshit, when Lord Brahma saw that the child was deeply intelligent, he gave the child the name Buddha. Buddha. The moon god, <coughs> the ruler of the stars, enjoyed great jubilation. Because of this son. Thereafter from Buddha to the womb of Ila, the son was born named Pururava, who was described in the beginning of the ninth canto. When his beauty, personal qualities, magnanimity, behavior, wealth and power were described by Narada in the court of Lord Indra, the celestial woman Urvashi was attracted to him. Pierced by the arrow of Cupid, she thus approached him. Having been cursed by Mitra and Varuna, the celestial woman Urvashi had acquired the habit of a human being. Therefore, upon seeing Pururava, the best of the males, whose beauty resembled that of Cupid, she controlled herself and then approached him. When King Pururava saw Urvashi, his eyes became jubilant in the ecstasy of joy and the hair on his body stood on end. With mild pleasing words, he spoke to her as follows. So this is the lineage of the moon and how the next generation is born. King Pururava said, O most beautiful woman, you are welcome. 
please sit here and tell me what I can do for you. You may enjoy with me as long as you desire. Let us pass our life happily in sexual relationship. Now you will wonder why all this thing is happening. Remember, we call this moon. Moon is an emotional planet. Moon is connected to emotions. Moon is connected to lunacy, madness. Moon is connected to a lot of things which are only in thought, the world of thought. These are called imagination. So you can have imagination and the moon is the cause of all these things. So you will find that Soma, also connected to Soma Rasa, that is the drink which the gods drink, that is also connected to delusion. You get into a state of delusion. So those who are affected by the moon get in a state of delusion very fast and now Urvashi has come into the picture. Urvashi is, think about it, what is Urvashi? Sexual knowledge or ecstasy, sort of. Okay, so he's talking about all these things are coming together and the part played by Urvashi. Let us see what happens. Urvashi replied, O most handsome man, who is the woman whose mind and sight will not be attracted by you? If a woman takes shelters on your chest, she cannot refuse to enjoy with you in the sexual relationship. My dear King Pururava, please give protection to these two lambs who have fallen down with me. Although I belong to the heavenly planet and you belong to earth, I shall certainly enjoy sexual union with you. I have no objection to accepting you as my husband for you are superior in every aspect. Urvashi said, My dear hero, only preparation made in ghee, ghee, clarified butter will be my eatables and I shall not want to see you naked at any time except at the time of sexual intercourse. The great-minded King Pururava accepted these proposals. Pururava replied, Oh beautiful one, your beauty is wonderful and your gestures are also wonderful. Indeed, you are attractive to all human society. Therefore, since you have come to your own accord from the heavenly planet, who on earth would not agree to serve a demigod, demigoddess such as you? Sukhdev Goswami continued, The best of the human beings, Pururava, began freely enjoying the company of Urvashi, who engaged in sexual activities with him in many celestial places such as Chitraratha and Nandana Kanana. Since the demigods enjoy, where the demigods enjoy, Urvashi's body was as fragrant as the saffron of, of a lotus. Being enlivened by the fragrance of her face and the body, Pururava enjoyed her company for many days with great jubilation. Not seeing Urvashi in the assembly, the king of heaven, Lord Indra said, Without Urvashi, my assembly is no longer beautiful. Considering this, he requested the Gandharva to bring her back to his heavenly planet. Thus the Gandharva came to earth and at midnight when everything was dark, they appeared in the house of Pururava and stole the two lambs entrusted to the king by his wife Urvashi. Urvashi treated the two lambs as her own sons. Therefore, when they were being taken by the Gandharvas and began crying, Urvashi heard them and rebuked her husband. Now I am being killed, she said, under the protection of an unworthy husband who is a coward and a eunuch, although he thinks himself to be a great hero. 
because i depended on him the plunderers have deprived me of my two sons the lambs and therefore i am now lost my son, husband ties lies down in the night in fear exactly like a woman although he appears to be a man during the day purura was stricken by the sharp words of urvashi like an elephant struck by the driver's pointed rod became very angry not even dressing himself properly he took a sword in his hand and went out naked into the night to follow the gandharvas who had stolen the lambs after giving up the two lambs the gandharva shone brightly light lightning thus illuminating the house of pururava urvashi then saw her husband returning with the lamb in hand but he was naked and therefore she left him no longer seeing urvashi in his bed pururava was most aggrieved because of his great attraction for her he was very much disturbed thus lamenting he began travelling about the earth like a madman was during the travel all over the world pururava saw urvashi accompanied by five companions on the bank of saraswati at kurukshetra with jubilation in the face he then spoke to her in the sweet words as follows oh my dear wife oh most cruel one kindly stay kindly stay i know that i have never made you happy until now but you should not give me up for that reason this is not proper of you even if you have decided to give up my company let us nonetheless talk for some time oh goddess now that you have refused me my beautiful body will fall down here and because it is unsuitable for your pleasures it will be eaten by foxes and vultures urvashi said my dear king you are a man a hero don't be impatient and give up your life be sober and don't allow the senses to overcome you like foxes don't let the foxes eat you in other words you should not be controlled by your senses rather you should know that the heart of a woman is like that of a fox there is no use making friendship with a woman women are a class as merciless and cunning they cannot tolerate even a slight offense for their own pleasure they can do anything irreligious and therefore they do not fear killing even a faithful husband or a brother women are very easily seduced by men therefore polluted women give up the friendship of a man who is their well-wisher and establish false friendship among fools indeed they seek newer and newer friends one after another oh my dear king you will be able to enjoy with me as my husband at the end of every year for one night only in this way you will have other children one after the other understanding that urvashi was pregnant pururava returned to his palace at the end of the year there at kurukshetra he again obtained the association of urvashi who was then the mother of a heroic son Having regained Ur- Urvashi at the end of the year King Pururava was most jubilant and he enjoyed the company in sex of one na- for one night but then he was very sorry for the thought of separation from her so Urvashi spoke to him as follows Urvashi said my dear king seek shelter of the gandharvas for they will be able to deliver me to you again in accordance with these words the king satisfied the gandharva by prayer and the gandharvas being pleased with him gave him an agnasthali gave him an agnasthali a girl who looked exactly like urvashi thinking that the girl was urvashi the king began walking with her in the forest but later he could understand that she was not urvashi but agnasthali king pururava then left agnasthali in the forest and returned home where he meditated all night upon urvashi 
in the course of his meditation the treta millennium began and therefore the principles of the three vedas including the process of performing yagya to fulfill fruitive activities appeared within his heart so now think about it the vedas and the shastras which we talk so much about they are nothing but books or knowledge which has come for the purpose of enjoyment of human beings only so it appears during that period in his heart when the process of fruitive yagya began became manifest within his heart king pururava went to the same spot where he had left agnisthali there he saw that from the womb of a sami tree an ashwatthama tree had grown he then took a piece of the wood from that tree and made it into two aranis desiring to go to the planet where urvashi resided he chanted mantras meditating upon the lower arani as urvashi the upper one as himself and the piece of wood between them as his son in this way he began to ignite a fire this is a process which is described in the vedas by means of which you can have children so you see there are many people in this world who desire a child when they desire a child what do they do they follow a process and this process is given in the vedas from pururava's rubbing of the arani came a fire when you rub the two sticks like this by such a fire one can achieve the success in material enjoyment and be purified in seminal birth initiation and in the performance of sacrifice which are invoked with the combination letter a u ma thus the fire was considered the son of pururava by means of that fire pururava who dis- desired to go to the planet where urvashi resided performed a sacrifice by which he satisfied the supreme personality of godhead hari the enjoyer of the result of sacrifices thus he worshiped the lord who is beyond the perception of the senses and is a reservoir of all the demigods in the satya yuga the first millennium all the vedic mantras were included in one mantra that is called pranava the root of all mantras in other words the atharva veda alone was the source of all vedic knowledge the supreme personality of god and narayana was only worshipable deity there was no recommendation for worship of the demigods fire was one only and the only order of life in human society was known as hamsa that is why most of these people who follow that particular process are called paramahamsa o maharaj parikshit at the beginning of treta yoga king pururava inaugurated a karmakand sacrifice thus pururava who considered the yagyik fire his son was able to go to gandharva loka as he desired so we have come to the end of the chapter 14 which talks about king pururava was enchanted by urvashi so we will stop over here but before we stop over here i will just give you a small, a small explanation for what has happened in this particular chapter pururava comes from a dynasty that is the soma dynasty connected to basically the emotional aspect of a human being so we are all emotional people the aspect called buddha is also there buddha translates into buddhi 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 is that which we use the intellectual knowledge that is there is also a part and a portion of this thought knowledge of the thought and thought is the one which gives us this further further 
understanding. This is connected to the moon, the god, which is considered to be a part of Brahma. Now, meeting Urvashi, the aspect called sexual union is very much associated with mental, the the world which is connected to the this kind of a mental thing, you know, uh, soma. So you will find that there are too many problems associated with it. And what are the problems? You will find that Urvashi goes away. There is a lot of deception associated with it. Urvashi herself describes the state of a woman. She has described it in such a detailed aspect that I didn't want to dwell on that matter because it may hurt the sentiments of many people over here. But understand that is exactly how a woman's nature is. And it cannot be changed. And associated with moon, which is called the emotional planet, everything goes for a top, topsy-turvy. Everything goes topsy-turvy. For them to become stronger in the Kali Yuga, there is a lot of things that needs to be done. You will find that a woman is taking the characteristic of a man and the man is taking the characteristic of a woman. And this chapter was describing two yugas. That is the first yuga where everything was pure, beautiful, everybody was called Hamsa. The second yuga where things started changing a little bit and the start of the next dynasty happens. And then the third yuga which comes about, which brings the birth of the rest of the three Vedas. It talks about how desires come into play. I want this, I want that. And to fulfill the desires, there are various kinds of sacrifices that you do. You want a husband, you go to the temple and do a particular form of sacrifice. You want money, you have to do something else. You want child, you want to do something else. You want education, you want this, you want that. Desires is the root cause of all the sacrifices which you need to perform for which you are going to get certain results. And these all come from the domain of emotion or mind. So mind is Soma also. And the destructive state of mind is also very well known. So this entire chapter describes to you how this deterioration happened during the path. And the deterioration happens by means of the mind, sexual union, jealousy, all these kind of different different characteristics come into play. Anger, greed, desire, so many things which come into play. So we have come to the end of this particular chapter. We are going to begin a very beautiful chapter next time, that is tomorrow. It is the birth of Parshuram. Parshuram is an avatar of of Vishnu. And why does he come? We are going to explore that. So we will stop over here today.